god moth. Today we bask in the light of mustachial greatness. As you know, I'm doing another southern accent, so you know it's a western. As many of the 10 listeners of this show know, a big part of the reason I started this podcast is because I wanted a, a reason to watch more movies. Well, that purpose rings incredibly true today because I somehow had never seen Lone Wolf McQuaid. And holy shit, I'm just going to say this right now, this movie is my shit. And although it's another fantastic Chuck Norris movie, we are focusing our mustachioed admiration to the legendary L.Q. Jones, who plays Dakota in this movie. Born in Beaumont, Texas in 1927. Holy shit, he is old. His original name, and he's still alive, his original name was Justice Ellis McQueen Jr. I would have kept that name. I actually like that name. It sounds like a boxer. But he changed it to L.Q. Jones as a stage name when he played a character with that same name in his debut film, Battle Cry, in 1955. So there is uh, so much about this guy that's obviously astonishing. Most of it is in you know kind of crazy, but we didn't even need to get into that. We're just going to kind of admire his dope ass mustache and his crazy long locks in this movie. So without further ado, let's jump in our tiny wheelchair, put on our bug eyed glasses, and grab us a beer and use a sharpie to write pro beer on top of it, since we don't have that beer around anymore. And let's get this show on the road. Now play that shit theme song. It's the Mustachio Podcast, yo, we're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips, it's the Mustachio Podcast, yo. What is up? This is Daniel Segura, host of the Mustachio Podcastio, and today we are bringing back a fan favorite. Well, I'm not 100% sure he's a fan favorite. I don't get a lot of feedback, <laughs> but he's one of my favorites. He he was last with us for Superfly. Welcome, Chef Robbie Robertson, to the show. How is it going, man? Fantastic, Daniel. Thanks for letting me come back on again. <laughs> yeah, man, dude. I, I was excited that... The fact you brought this movie to the show, I'm just fully, I just appreciate it, man. Yeah, I thought this would be something you like. You know, it's it's set in Texas. It's about guys from Texas. And I, I'll say, I, I won't do a Texas accent if you won't do another Southern accent. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, from the inner city of San Antonio. Give me a break. Uh, <laughs> You didn't like that one? That was kind of like uh, my my kind of like, he's like, what do you call the prospector? That's my yeah, prospector. Yeah. <laughs> There's gold in the mountain. Uh, it, it's too close to home, man. <laughs> oh, is it too close? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, I just enjoy doing it. It makes me happy. You don't really meet guys that have that kind of voice and they're like mean people. Like they're almost always the most fun. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, they're they're the ones that they have the good story and and gonna share their bottle with you. So, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They always have good stories. Yeah, they're just you know. I mean, I guess you got your crazy ones, but yeah, for the most part, it just seems like a fun person if they have a voice like that. Well, uh, Robbie, uh, the first thing I want to ask you is. Uh, what made you want to bring this movie on on the podcast, Yo? Well, um, 
So when I, I look for movies to talk to you about on the podcast, you know, I, I think I approach it backwards because I think of of mustaches and then I go in search of movies. Yeah. And I like and, that. I like that. You know, so it's like it's like, well, you know, LQ Jones, that's that that's a guy who has a mustache because you know, you've you've done Chuck, uh Charles Bronson and you've done Chuck Norris and you and so a lot of the the big you've done Tom Selleck, those guys are taken. Uh, so I'm trying to find the other, you know, really badass mustaches that are out Fresh there. Fresh blood. Yeah, and uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid. You know, this seemed like uh, it, it is a Chuck Norris movie, but it's um, it, it's just a it's a good fun movie. And this was my first uh, Chuck. Nor- this is my favorite Chuck Nor- Norris movie, and this is the first one that I remember like seeking out. I had seen some others before mm-hmm. it, but but this is the this is my favorite Chuck Norris movie. Yeah, he um, he really shines in this one, and I, and I don't know if because because sometimes I've seen him in movies where they're asking a little too much of him, like, and in this one he can play that mysterious, distant person that looks like he's been through stuff. We don't know anything about his background, but he just you could just tell he has seen some shit, so he can be very kind of like not warm, right? And that's <laughs> and dry. And- and that's a little different, and you know, because so many of his movies, he play, he, you know, basically plays a boy scout. You know, he doesn't drink, yeah. and he's, and you know, he's 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 the good guy, All, always just like the definition of a good guy. And in this one, you know, he's a little more the antihero. He's all, every scene, he's got a beer in his hand. You know, he's yeah. divorced. Uh, you know, every, you know, he doesn't get along with other people in his at his job, and so it, it, he's a little different. Uh, than than how Chuck Norris usually plays it. He's not he's not quite you know w- uh, Walker Texas Ranger in this. Yeah, like he's got a bit of a a bit of an attitude, a bit of a mean streak. You know, he's walking around just getting pissed at people. Unless there's a pretty lady there, there. Yeah, <laughs> he'll kind of smile at the ladies. I like uh, I, we get a little glimpse of of Chuck Norris flirting in this movie when he's going down a hallway and he sees a pretty woman and he goes, "Hi there." <laughs> <laughs> That's about the extent you get from good old <laughs> yeah. Chuck. But uh, you're right. The, picking this movie and picking LQ Jones, who an actor that I am not incredibly familiar with, and now I'm definitely going to look at more, uh, ch- like kind of dig into more of his films. This guy, I, I honestly think, um, no spoilers, y'all, but I honestly think they, they got rid of LQ in this movie because he was stealing the show. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He was, he, it was awesome, man. Well, that's the thing. When I first sent you the, the picture and the suggestion for Lone Wolf McQuaid, it's like, you know, how many guys can go, you know, mustache mustache for mustache with peak Chuck Norris? And, yeah. you know, and he absolutely, you know, he's the guy. Yeah, for sure. He has this, um, he's got that classic, you know, Southern attitude in that, like, He's a little dangerous, but he likes to have fun, and and he's he, he has tons of just energy in the movie. It was good because it balanced out because you got Chuck Norris's kind of dry delivery, and then you got mm. LQ Jones just with all this this awesomeness. <laughs> he's just like <laughs> shedding out this this great positive light. I just enjoyed every scene with him. So thank you so much for bringing this movie to us. Um, I say us. It's just me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
do you, you want to give us a brief sort of synopsis and then we can dig a little into some of our uh, favorite scenes of this movie yeah so basically what's going on in this movie is that you've got uh chuck norris is uh jj mcquade and so he is he he's the lone wolf and you know he doesn't get along with the his captain he doesn't get along with the other uh, law enforcement like the fbi or the state police or anything like that but he arrests more Russell, you know, he arrests horse rustlers in the beginning. So it's like they start off right at the beginning. It's like this is a cowboy movie, you know, and <laughs> and so and so he arrests more people than anyone else, and so they respect that about him. But he he doesn't fit the image, and so uh, in the movie uh, you've got uh, a gun uh, dealer, and that's uh, David Carradine, and so basically David Carradine is the villain uh, who's you know, exporting guns to terrorists in South America, I think. And then Chuck Norris is the guy who is realizing that something's going on. Somebody's robbing armed shipments and stuff. And so he's trying to to find, or he's trying to first figure out who's doing it. And then, you know, it's pretty obvious it's uh, David Carradine. And then it's just uh, kind of a cat and mouse game of uh, of trying to get him uh, and, and until they finally have their showdown. And you were telling me earlier, trying to make sense of some of the <laughs> things that happened in this movie are like a fever dream. Yeah, it doesn't. If you if you sit there and think about it, most the logic makes no sense. But if you just roll with it, it's a lot of fun. It is like yes, I, I we were talking a little before the show, and I was <laughs> telling Robbie like, man, this this movie doesn't take any breaks; it just keeps going. And Robbie said, well, if, if it were to take a break, you'd have time to think about like what the fuck is going on in this movie. <laughs> so that's to keep trucking forward, you know. Yeah, don't give you a minute to think about it; just keep moving. <laughs> and I actually saw um, I saw a video on YouTube, and I'll I'll post the link on the show notes, but. And I, I, I should have gotten the names and stuff, but uh, the director is was invited to this. It's weird. It's like this YouTube channel with all these people that really love westerns, and they okay. invite western actors, like western movie actors, and um, and directors, and writers, and producers, and they come in and they talk about a movie that they are very, very um, associated with. And in this case, uh, the director was talking about this movie, and he talked about how. Um, Chuck Norris and Carradine did not get along at all <laughs> and right. that they had to like in the fight scenes <laughs> they they had they wanted them to choreograph the stuff they're like oh Chuck Norris knows this and you know you got Carradine who has his history with martial arts stuff and they're like oh they'll work together they never work together they never talk to each other literally when they hit action and we had that big fight scene that is them just fighting each other and actually punching each other a lot of the time <laughs> i was like what the fuck <laughs> that could not happen now because you're trying to like to protect these actors and they could oh, yeah. they could actually hurt each other <laughs> yeah i don't think anyone's gonna like like with chris hemsworth is just gonna let him go in there and wail on somebody and yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be incredibly dangerous. Um, but I thought that was really interesting uh, hearing about that. Um, it, it and you can kind of get the vibe, and I actually think that might help the movie because when they are talking to each other 
uh, whenever they do have scenes together, there is a weird kind of vibe. Like, man, they genuinely don't like each other. Yeah, they look. They do look like they kind of want to get start punching each other, and it works for the mo- Like for the the first time they meet each other, it's like, oh yeah, these two guys are going to rumble, and you know, it's exactly. Uh, director, by the way, Steve Carver. I'm not sure if I said his name, but yeah, Steve Carver, director. And we did lose him recently. I'm not. Sh- I don't really know how um, if it was COVID related, but yeah, we did lose this guy. Uh, but he did a he, he did a good job on this movie. I thought I thought the way it opened up was awesome. It lets you know right away, like you know, this is like this made me feel the most modern thing you can you can kind of um, get into that makes you feel that vibe is red dead redemption to me <laughs> it's just yes. that western vibe is so good yeah it, it starts off with kind of a, a uh, the imagery of a wolf on the screen and the yeah. music is like straight up spaghetti western music yes. uh, when it starts even though it's a modern movie it's but it's got that feel <laughs> yeah i kept thinking this movie was actually older than it was and it's because they pay homage to a lot of of those old spaghetti westerns and right away i mean no spaghetti western is is complete without some mexican bandits (laughs) it's just so good yeah these guys (laughs) and they went to central casting to get this lead bandit you know it's like we need a mexican bandit oh this guy (laughs) he is so good uh that part where they where we're introduced to to Chuck Norris's character McQuaid and he's way up high on a cliff and then we have these these bandits stealing horses obviously and they're yelling and doing all kinds of stuff and then we see actual state troopers coming through and they take like the worst strategy whatsoever to catch these guys (laughs) like you know they all drink a lot just get them at night like why are you bothering them at 1 p.m. they're not wasted enough yeah, and there's like six there's like six state troopers and they go running down the hill belly first. They look like kids going in going into like a water hole or something. They go run down. There there's like six of them. They're all grouped together. There's like 30 rustlers. And so the state troopers just stand all together in a group and say, "Freeze." And that's like, oh, and then the main bandy goes, "Échale con tu chingada, madre cabrón." And next thing you know, every Everybody starts shooting, which I think uh, sort of loosely translates to, well, let's go, you motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. I could be wrong, but uh, it's super slangy. Yeah, this guy that plays the main bandit is not having it. And these poor cops, uh, they just get, man, they are not in a good spot. And Chuck Norris is just up there on the cliff, kind of like, oh, shit, this blew up. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't good. Yeah, God, I love that scene. Uh, and we, it, the way they introduce um, what he does, because at first uh, I was confused. I was like, wait, what is he? Is he just a another state trooper? Is he a detective? We find out he is a ranger. Yes. And rangers, historically, it kind of, re- I think that reminds me of Lonesome Dove. I remember being a ranger. That was like the first time I know I'm, I'm a 90s kid. So Lonesome Dove was the first time I found out like, oh, Ranger, like that must be really important because every time they mentioned it in Lonesome Dove, it was like a big deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like these guys are tough. Yeah. There's a mystique there with it. Yeah. And, there is. Yeah. And well, and their motto, I you know, was reading a little bit about this, is that their motto was um, one riot, one Ranger. So like, you know, if you had a riot, you sent one Ranger to handle it. Holy shit. 
<laughs> well, if you think about it, uh, this is definitely th this has riot levels of of you know, especially like a really rowdy rowdy because you got people shooting each other, and the main bandit shoots the I think he's the sheriff uh, of um because uh, I think it's El Paso right where they're at. Uh, yeah, I think so. Or like surrounding area of El Paso. Right. Because they're way the fuck out there. Like, they yeah. show pictures of the town, and I'm like, that's definitely not El Paso. El Paso's much bigger <laughs> than that. <laughs> but they're kind of outside, outskirts of El Paso. And, yeah, the, this this freaking bandit is giving them all shit. And and I think he actually ends up grabbing, he grabs a, a machete at some point. And threatens them, yeah. Yeah, he threatens them. And he tells McQuaid to show himself because McQuaid is just shooting dudes way from way up high with a sniper. Yeah, right? well, it, yeah, oh yeah, well, what? First of all, uh, they show him pull out his, his ammo, and he's got armor-piercing incendiary rounds. So these are <laughs> armor-piercing rounds to set people on fire. So you know, right off the bat, you know, he's not playing around. And um, so he's up there on oh, top because he blows up their vehicles. Right. So he's up on That's, the yeah on the, the mace or whatever, looking down on him. And as, as the lead guy pulls out the machete, uh, you know, Chuck Norris tells him, freeze, you're under arrest. And um, so he the bad guy gets one of his henchmen uh, to, like, spray some bullets up at McQuaid to, like, to, you know, threaten him. And so that's yeah. when he just pulls out his, his rifle and just snipes the guy who shot at him, just, like, <laughs> blows him away. And so then the lead bad guy shoots the cop that's on the ground by his feet. So at this point... I think McQuaid is probably going to get fired. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, he's uh, on the outside. He's definitely he's he just, skirting it. Yeah, he just got a cop killed. Like, just right <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> and one of my favorite parts of this opening, I promise we'll get out of it eventually, but this opening is just so good. So the main bandit comes, So because McQuaid comes down, he's like, you know what? I'm going to meet you face to face. He, yeah. he, he's able to coax him to come down. Yeah. He comes down and McQuaid's showing like his arms are up and and the, the bandit says, once a Texas Ranger kicked my father's teeth out. Would you do that to me, Texas Ranger? And then Chuck just punches. He just kicks him right in the mouth. It's so good. Oh, I love that shit. And he knocks some other Vatos out. And then he gets himself an Uzi. And I think it's an Uzi. You probably know more about uh, good old guns. I, than I think it is. <laughs> and he just fucking blows it. He just kills a bunch of bandits. That main bandit is still alive. And so that's the one bandit he takes to custody. <laughs> Everyone else is dead. <laughs> but, you know, we do see our first look of, of um, one of the main characters in this movie. Because I, I, at first I thought, oh, that's just a throwaway character. We see this young state trooper yeah. who was gonna get killed and was thanking McQuaid for saving his life and I thought that guy was gonna be gone oh we get to know this cat a little bit more this is uh was it Kato yeah, uh, <laughs> K.O. there you go I'm thinking of that other character now this leads to one of my favorite things in the movie um so when after this the the opening happens that Chuck Norris uh goes back to town he's talking to his captain who's yelling at him for not you know not being a good uh oh, yeah not having the right image and uh he says now you're going to work with a partner and you know he brings the the young guy in and first okay this first thing doesn't make any sense so he just had the shootout in the desert how did Arcadio or how did KO get there so fast uh <laughs> 
he so looks it's crispy clean. Yeah, like he per- just took a shower. <laughs> yeah, but the captain introduces him, and the captain's an old white guy. As you know, <laughs> this is gonna be your new partner, Arcadio Ramos. Oh, it's yeah. like his name is spelled R K D O, is the way you pronounced it. <laughs> There's got to be an arcade in New Mexico called Ar- Arcadio. <laughs> There's got to be. Uh, and I, I actually really like this dude. Uh, I thought he did a good job. This is, um, what's his name? Robert Beltran. Yeah. Or Beltran. And he is really good in this movie. Uh, I like, he's the young buck that sort of, he kind of gets uh, McQuaid out of his comfort zone because McQuaid's, he's called Lone Wolf McQuaid for a reason. This guy does not like to work with anybody. And he works really, really uh, hard um, to not be working with anyone. Like he, he does, he keeps everyone way at a distance. He even has like his place, which we see a lot of in this movie, is way out, out of the middle of nowhere, pretty much. Yeah. So he doesn't really like a lot of company. Um, but that doesn't really stop this guy because this guy, <laughs> the Ko, does actually go to his place at some point, right? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, that's when we see that he has McQuaid has a wolf. Uh, the, he's got a wolf, like he's got like a pet wolf. I think this might be more of a mix. I'm not sure if it's an actual wolf, but it kind of does. It looks, it looks convincing. Enough. Yeah, it looked like a wolf. <laughs> but I gotta admit, it looks kind of cute. Even when it's growling, it's still like, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah. Like it's not that scary, but it, it. It, it, oh, I don't want to get to the part where I don't want to get to, but I really did kind of grow fond of the wolf. Yeah. <laughs> I just got, you know, I, I kind of want one. And uh, K.O. gets shot the hell out of the, co- like, out of his out of his place. He's like, he, he just walks in, by the way. That whole scene is like, dude, would you just walk into your, your partner's place like that? That's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, this guy's got but, a reputation. But Chuck Norris greets him. Yeah, he does. Oh, by the way, we skipped it, but just before he meets with um, the cap, there's a big old award ceremony because guess who is retiring? No, that is not the Kentucky Fried Chicken guy you're thinking of. That is LQ Jones, the man of the hour. He has a. That's how we're introduced to the captain and everyone else is that he's getting like awarded for his retirement, and it's really obvious that. LQ Jones and McQuaid are pretty good pals because they're both kind of, um, you know, they don't they they'll bend the law just yeah. a notch, you know, can, if they have to. Can you have two lone wolves? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. And well, if you have two lone wolves, then they kind of get along. It's yeah. kind, you know, it might work. But yeah, I do love that introduction of LQ because right away he's like, "Yeah, screw all this dick sucking award shit." It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he calls he basically calls like a circle jerk event. Yeah, and he's like, "Screw all this shit," and he says that he wished that he was out there with them. So obviously, and, this dude and McQuaid hands him a pearl beer. Oh, and right away they're just like drinking beer out. <laughs> <laughs> just outside the precinct, they don't even give a shit. Oh, that reminds me. One of the things I read about this movie is there's a drinking game associated with it. What? And what is it? Every time someone says the word ranger, you're supposed to take a drink. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, I think you get perfectly drunk. Yeah, I think so. Some... Oh my god, yes. A lot of times throughout this movie. They keep, they just, call, it's like it's an, it's like his nickname. I kept thinking they were going to keep calling him Lone Wolf or McQuaid, 
but they just call him Ranger. A yeah. bunch of people. That's what he's known as. Um, it's very interesting. The other thing I really like in this movie is that Carradine, the way he they decide. I don't know if this was Carradine's choice or the director's choice, but he's always wearing like a really comfortable looking V-neck sweater <laughs> yeah. that's plaid with yeah. some khakis and a solid gold watch. This guy looks like just like a chill dad yeah. <laughs> the whole time. It's very interesting to me. And the first thing he has on a members only jacket the first time you see That's him. right. He does. That's a good looking jacket. Uh, and he's he we right away know he's into some suspicious shit. The movie doesn't try to convince us he's you know, not that he's um, a good person because right away he's doing a deal and we find out that this is when we find out that the movie's going to have something to do with, was it like, I think it's, I think they're, are they doing guns, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're doing, not. apparently they're stealing guns from the army and then selling them to terrorists in South America, I think. <laughs> yeah. And he's working with some guys, I guess they might be Cubans or something. There's a lot of good mustaches, but yeah. um that they're supposed to be shipping it out to Havana and they show a suitcase of money so we know this is serious stuff and then of course they try to hold up Carradine but then Carradine does his kung fu stuff by the way big difference between how Carradine fights in this movie and how uh, Chuck Norris fights Carradine's always doing like the crane or like fucking tiger fist yeah the kung fu stuff the kung fu stuff and it's very over over the top and Chuck Norris is it every time Chuck Norris fights in this movie it looks like Streets of Rage like he's just walking around just <laughs> popping the shit out of people people pop out of doors and he just knocks the fuck out of them it's so perfect it's so good um there's some there's some other scenes that we do have at the equestrian center as well <laughs> I was like this movie has an equestrian center <laughs> um we we get to meet uh McQuaid's daughter who kind of acts 12 years old, but she looks 22? It's now, very confusing. The, okay, the first time, before they get to the equestrian center, they're at his ex-wife's house, and <laughs> he, he shows up to pick his daughter up to take her to go horseback riding, and her boyfriend drives up, and, he, and you know, so she introduces her boyfriend to her dad, and then she just leaves with her dad. Like, her boyfriend drove over to her house to see her, and she just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even connect that. <laughs> Thanks. For, I would have skipped that scene. I didn't think that was important, but it was funny. I had no. I didn't even think about that. That she just left him high and dry. Well, yeah. good to see you. Bye. <laughs> that was all about the introduction. The, she was like, "Hey," because obviously McQuaid is never. He's not at the house much. You know, yeah. he doesn't go see his ex-wife very much. So I guess his daughter was like, okay, he's going to be here for like three minutes. You need to get here quick so that way he knows you exist yeah. in my life. <laughs> and then we're going to leave. So you yeah. can go home after that. And the other thing, you know, you mentioned his, his daughter. Um, I can't remember her name right now, but I thought she looked, <laughs> she had, I thought she looked really familiar. And she is the final girl in Friday the 13th part three. So it makes it makes perfect sense that Chuck Norris's daughter would be one of the girls who survives Jason. Holy shit, you are so right. And you know, ironically, Kane Hodder is in this movie. Yeah, he's one of the tough guys. <laughs> I don't know if Kane Hodder is the Jason in that one, but it is kind of interesting that there's a connection. Yeah. Man, the three. Wasn't that the one that was three D? That's the one, oh. yeah. Oh my god. Oh, so you yeah, know, Chuck Norris's her. daughter, that you know, so it makes sense she would be able to survive Jason, but 
yeah dude she's a she's you know she's pretty tough in this one she survives some things uh yeah they go they go to the equestrian center she survives a goddamn like horse <laughs> accident <laughs> i don't even know yeah. what you call that because uh at the equestrian center that is when we're introduced to the the sexy lady of this yeah. movie <laughs> movie um barbara uh, uh carrera yeah um who plays by the way i just call her widow the whole movie i didn't know her name was lola i'm sorry yeah i just uh barbara carrera that's the only thing i do <laughs> she's gorgeous by the way she is uh and she's really good in this movie i really like uh i, li- I really like her whole thing going on like she kind of looks like cowboy like she has that cowgirl look but also you know she's very nurturing yeah kind of she's also into health (laughs) kind of an earth mama thing in a way yeah yeah and and she confuses me the whole movie by the way i i I couldn't stop i kept thinking right away i thought oh she's in on it like she's there to right yeah and it just that's not how it turns out, y'all. Like it's really weird. I was I can't think okay, so she knows Carradine, because at the Equestrian Center, they're like chummy and they yeah. kiss. So right away I'm thinking, Okay, they're an item. She's in cahoots with him and she eyeballs McQuaid, like she gives him the, the sexy eyes. Oh yeah. Know? And that made me think, Oh, he has assigned her to McQuaid. Like, this is a situation where... Because the whole movie makes you think that there's this super big plan to somehow manipulate McQuaid or something. Because while we're at the Equestrian Center, we're also introduced to a mysterious person of the small. Yeah. Uh, a little person. Um, and we don't know his name yet, but he's looking in binoculars and he's, he's, he's smiling. By the way, this guy is so much like a 1960s batman bad guy <laughs> like he forgot what movie he was in yeah. the way he acts throughout this whole movie he was my favorite character <laughs> but we don't know who he is yet my name is andrew dodge i've spent the last 11 years getting to know convicted criminals such as domestic terrorists foreign terrorists financial fraudsters serial killers spree killers mass murderers and many more types of criminals I do not claim to be a professional, nor will you ever hear me claim to be. Unforbidden Truth will bring you exclusive interviews with convicted criminals, professionals in the field of criminal justice and psychology, survivors of violent crime, the macabre world of murderabilia, and other taboo topics and subjects. New episodes will be released weekly. Go subscribe on any podcast platform to join me on a -a one-of-a-kind true crime experience. So I, I went to back up for just a second. When uh, uh, Lola first appears, did you catch what uh, LQ Jones said when she first appears on screen? Uh-huh. And, like, like when she and Chuck are looking at her and says, how'd you like to bite that in the ass, get locked on, be dragged to death? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old, oh, God, good old LQ. He's just putting out the lines, man. Just put out the lines. Yeah. And he's got also got a damn good pipe in his mouth in that scene. Yeah. Which makes him look even more cool. And apparently, yeah, so she's a widow, and she got rich after her husband died in a quote-unquote racing accident. But LQ says that they think it was a setup. So her whole thing is mysterious throughout throughout this movie. And they don't really kill—I mean, fucking McCoy doesn't ask her any questions about her. 
Like, he, she's just there. He never asked her stuff. I'm like, dude, you probably would have known this whole plan if you just talked to her instead of just boning her all fucking movie. He's J.J. He's McQuaid. He doesn't ask questions, you know? That's true. He's here to be mysterious and have sex, and mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. Kick and, uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, so then after that scene, and we're introduced to all of them, and the daughter is fine. She's okay. Um... We go to a little dance scene because um, Chuck meets Carradine, and right away Carradine's like a douchebag, and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna do a little." He knows martial arts, and he wants to show off. But I do like the whole dancing scene part. And what, tell me what you think here, Robbie. Do you think that Carradine had a guy go start up some shit so he could get McQuaid fired up? Is oh, because ab- McQuaid didn't want to fight. Yeah. So first of all, if you know, like he, David Carradine's there, he's in his red gi. He's in the ring with a cigar <laughs> just to prove how much like everybody's beneath him. And you know he he kicks a couple guys' asses and kicks them out of the ring. And then you know he challenges uh, McQuaid to a fight. McQuaid's like, oh, I don't fight for money, which seems to me like to be the most acceptable thing to fight for. You know, that's, yeah, exactly. That makes more sense. You know, but no, he, he doesn't fight for money, so he, he refuses to fight him. And so then Carradine gets one of his henchmen to go over there and uh, work over uh, Ko. Now, here's the thing: talking about the movie doesn't make sense. McQuaid went to his ex-wife's house, picked up his daughter to take her riding. That's why they're at the equestrian center. Why is Ko there? <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking that I'm like, you know, he, is is it? I, I all I could think of is they're trying to do the whole small small town thing. I where, guess, yeah, you know, but it does really make no sense. Why is he not out on the beat? You know, like he's a cop. He yeah, why, be out working? Why why is he going to watch Chuck Norris's daughter ride a horse and <laughs> you know? It's a- <laughs> And he's dancing with with a white lady. Yeah. And we have this this white guy come on down, and he's like, "I don't want you dancing with no greaser," which he could have said a way worse word than that. Yeah. <laughs> that actually wasn't. That's not a that bad, isn't it? I thought a greaser was like a 1950s gangster kind of like. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I thought. Like in Greece, the movie. You know. Yeah. That that I guess that one didn't stick around that long. I mean, my skin is a little oily, but I wouldn't say I'm greasy. Uh, <laughs> And I think one of the guys who beats KO up in this scene is is Kane Hodder. So, oh, so this is one of this is one of the he yeah one, one of, of these the guys. Thugs. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and pay attention because I just saw that before we started, <laughs> and I was like, "Holy shit, Kane Hodder! What the fuck!" And uh, by the way, how are you gonna live just outside El Paso and be racist? It just, <laughs> it makes no damn sense. And yeah, we get this whole fighting scene. KO tries to stand up for himself but he gets his ass whooped uh, which we do get a lot of ko getting his ass whooped throughout this movie that's a couple that's of his, times yeah that seems to be his role <laughs> <laughs> that's his thing you know just take the hits and distract people and man we're just about to get a fight between Carradine and mcquade but then they split it up and i think i think what's her name the widow gets in the middle of it yeah and she basically yeah. ends up getting chuck to this is so weird. Chuck is leaving. Ko's gonna go with LQ to go and yeah, just it, rest up. LQ <laughs> is there. And I, I just gotta say one thing about LQ. I, don't, I I just noticed this when I was watching it. So he's there at this dance, and he's he's got you know, got on the bolo tie and everything looks pretty snazzy. He's got on buckskin boots with fringe, like he's a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> 
Those are called fancy boots. But they're like only- ankle boots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, he's a, he's you know every now and then you just got to dress it up with some uh, some you, extra fancy stuff. I guess you got to be a pretty badass guy to walk around with those boots on and pull it off. <laughs> I do admire his confidence throughout this entire movie. He is a he is a one cocky son of a bitch. Yeah, and uh, and as you know in movies when you have a really cocky guy, usually it doesn't end up that great. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, and so somehow he just barely met this woman, this widow, but she is very attractive, and she says, "Hey, come on, why don't we just get a change of scenery? Let's go to a bar." And I guess this is to show us that she's also a badass. They go into a local bar. Everyone's staring at Bequade like he's a fucking dick face because no one likes him in this town because yeah. all he does is fucking kill people <laughs> and like fucking arrest you. And he just he's the he's NFL. He's no fun league. Yeah. And so no one likes him. And a guy and this is what confuses me because if everyone knows he's dangerous, why would you go up to the woman that he's with and hit on her? Because that's what happens. Well, see, that's part of his his whole scam. Is he he knows this bar real well, and he pays those guys to every time he brings a woman in to oh, do that. Oh, that's and, genius! Yeah, <laughs> that is genius. I need to do something like that. I need to pay, pay a friend. To... It's a scam. The whole thing is a way to get ladies. <laughs> my friends are dicks, though. They probably just whoop my ass in the bar and start laughing. <laughs> just ignore you when you come in. It's like, yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck. So this whole thing, and they leave. They they end up leaving because this guy hits on her, and then there's a big old fight that breaks out. He whoops the guy's ass, and then we are with Sally. This scene is interesting. We don't get to know the boyfriend too long. No, um, unfortunately, uh, Sally and her boyfriend are out there, and they're doing what I guess teenagers do, making out at the cliff at night. But then they, I guess, they're at the border. Uh, <laughs> at the border crossing of the border patrol there's like some kind of thing where we see a big old truck of like armory um our shipping type truck it yeah. looks like it's military yeah they're like overlooking the highway or something and it's yeah aren't you supposed to be like on a cliff there like you should be looking like at a canyon not just like at a, a shitty old highway where or, there's <laughs> or you know somewhere dark and secluded not next to the highway <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so weird i, I right away i was why are you there? Y'all should have found a different cliff, and you would have been alive. <laughs> but uh, that doesn't—that's not how it works out. They, I, I, tell me what you think. Is this, is this something to mess with McQuaid, or is this because the truck that was there has people looking out to see if there's anyone around? Yeah, I think it was just coincidence that McQuaid's daughter okay. happened to observe the crime that David Geraldine was having committed. Yeah, okay. That makes more sense. Because at first I was like, oh man, this, you know, they really don't like McQuaid. They're going to try to kill his daughter. Like, that's fucked up. But you're right. I think it does have more to do with the fact that they just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong yeah. time. They, the boyfriend tries to go and figure out what's going on because his car is there with the headlights on. And so he's walking. It's night, so we can't see them. He's walking toward the headlights, and boom, they, they shoot him. And they. Uh, end up pushing the car that that McQuaid's daughter is in. I think her name's Sally. Yeah, I think pushes so. it. Yeah, pushes it over the cliff. And I honestly thought she died. 
Like, <laughs> this is a pretty solid <laughs> car wreck. Like, holy shit. Yeah. This thing rolled over and fell into pieces. And this is back when the cars were pretty hardcore. So I was pretty shocked that we do find out she lived. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's got those Hollywood car wreck injuries. You know, like uh, she's got a bandage on her forehead. And, you know, so, and... Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he goes to visit her right away. Because he's, you know, he was with the widow and they're kind of... He he doesn't give her too much. Like she looks like she's ready to go, and he's like, you know, no, 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 I I, I like to play hard to get, and <laughs> and he moves on from he goes from her and she sees the daughter and she's doing okay, but she's pretty traumatized. And then he, he ends up going to that scene, and that's when we meet our um, our FBI cats that we're gonna get <laughs> to know some of them. The the way they treat the FBI in this movie is, I guess. <laughs> Like, they're a bunch of fucking idiots, basically. <laughs> you mean Agent Jackson? Like, Randy Jackson of the Jackson 5? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. FBI Agent Jackson, man. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> I just dude. listened to the um, Trading, Spa- Trading Places episode when I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> that damn movie. Oh, my God. And so right away, the the FBI, they're making a big old deal about everything. I do like that scene. Um, you know, once we're introduced to them, then that's when that's when him and K.O. start getting a little bit more chemistry because K.O. pulls up some evidence, and that leads to them going onto a computer. And K.O., <laughs> I would have not thought about, I wouldn't have connected this, but K.O. happens to know how to use a computer and McQuaid doesn't. And that's right. what makes him useful for the first time to McQuaid. So he's able to tell them where, what they were shipping and where it was going to, where it was going to. And that's when they start getting a lead as to who might be involved and what might be going on and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's getting complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick. There, there's layers in here. Layers and layers. I was like, man, why is this being so... It, this movie didn't have to be that complicated. They just decided to make it that way. And it's... And that's... It's, a, it's weird. But, but that's why it's decide. good there's so much action. It just keeps plowing along. <laughs> Yeah, it's like fuck you. We're not going to explain all these details. You'll, you know, you're going to get distracted right now when this thing explodes. Uh, and we get a little stakeout scene, and this is when we meet one of my other favorite characters. Y'all, y'all know I like the the little person, but we haven't <laughs> introduced him yet officially. But one of my other favorite characters who doesn't have a really big part is Snow. I think his name is Snow. Yeah. Um, he is the guy, they're in a stakeout, and apparently this guy knows all the ins and outs of criminal activity that goes on in this, outside of El Paso. Yeah, he's like McQuaid's huggy bear. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And he wears these big old (laughs) bottle cap glasses that magnify his eyes, and I just mentioned Lonesome Dove earlier that's where i recognize this guy this guy was also in lonesome dove i don't remember who he plays but i know that he's in there and i recognize him right away they they end up they're scoping out the place they run they uh, drive through the gate so they're not trying to be very sneaky yeah 
<laughs> and they're in a, I guess this is like a, a cover up because they're in a, like a laundromat or a, no, not a laundromat. It's like a clothes factory. Or yeah, something. it's a sweatshop of some sort. Sweatshop. There, and they, they see snow there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to say one thing in this sweatshop. There's one scene, right? Before, like, they're watching Snow through a door, and he's snorting some cocaine, which is why I assume that he's named Snow. But if if you look over Chuck's sh- uh, shoulder uh, during this scene, there's a, a woman who's a worker in the factory just sitting there staring at the camera for, like, 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, it makes you think maybe this was just a switch. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but she's like looking, and then she backs up out of. Oh, I wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I do like the fact that you know this is a this is probably one of the few like little hidden moments because when they're going to find snow in this this little sweatshop there's a ladder that's inside the building that's going up and Kale almost goes under the ladder and he goes oh no 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 i'm gonna avoid that but when they chase snow snow goes under that ladder oh i didn't catch that yeah he goes under it and he tries to get away jumps into a truck and chuck jumps into the um actually jumps i guess like grabs the very end of the truck (laughs) And it drags him down. That was a really dope. I was going to say, there's some pretty good. I'm not sure if that. I don't. I doubt that's all Chuck. There's some really good stunt work. You know, in I this th- movie. I think um, that uh, Chuck Norris was famous for using his brother Aaron as a stunt double. Oh, because it looks. I was confused. I was like, "Holy shit, was that him?" Yeah. So like, I, I don't know, but I know that he did use his brother Aaron a lot as a stunt double. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, by the way, I just looked it up. So the guy that plays Snow, he plays Lippy Jones in Loaves and Dove, if y'all were just wondering. His name is William Sanderson. He's like, I think he actually wrote a book, something like, yeah, I'm that guy or something. (laughs) He is that guy, you know. Yeah, he is that guy. You've seen him in a ton of shit. So, yeah, so they end up going and there's this huge uh, scene where Chuck is trying to get up onto the truck and... Lippy runs out of bullets. I mean, Snow <laughs> runs out of bullets, and he ends up crashing the damn truck. Kale catches up in his Bronco, and the truck explodes, and then they, they have uh, Snow. But this is all kind of not good because they're doing all this without working with the feds, and the feds are technically in charge of this. and They're not technically. They are in charge of this entire yeah. investigation, so they were not supposed to be doing this, like harboring a witness and all this shit. So things get a little shaky. And we get to see Dakota, a.k.a. LQ Jones, at full strength here, right? I like to see where they do the interrogation stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These, uh, uh... First of all, LQ Jones in this movie already looks like he's 94, and yeah. um, he's not. He must be, what, 60-something, 50-something? Yeah, maybe six, uh, yeah, 60-ish. 60-ish? But he looks like he's made out of leather. He does. It was always so hard to tell with guys that just have that look, kind of Bronson style. And he lifts, he lifts Snow up by his pants and his shirt, literally lifts him up like a damn toddler. And I was like, holy shit, like this guy still has some <laughs> fucking strength in him. It's Old like he's lifting strength. a bay of hay. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty impressive. And he throws this guy, he throws Snow out, they tie him up, and Snow actually tries to swipe at him with a switch, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was really hilarious. Um, and Dakota stops him, no problem. And then 
damn man it's just hardcore he shoots at him a couple times <laughs> and scares the shit out of snow finally snow mentions this guy uh named falcone yeah which made me think of batman because uh the, the those um those christopher nolan batmans they say falcone like a million times in that That's first right. movie yeah <laughs> but, <clears throat> but yeah so apparently falcone is the one that is moving guns all over the place and they fly him off to mexico central america all over the place and snow is super afraid to be narking because he thinks that they're going to kill his son or yeah. they're going to kill him and this whole time ko is just staring nervously because he's like um this is not <laughs> this is some outside of the gray area shit yeah. right now yeah. they didn't tell me about this in the academy i'm not yeah <laughs> You have a retired, you have a retired ranger who is like shooting <laughs> directly at snow to interrogate him out in the fucking sticks. So they are not doing things by the book here, but it works out. They're able to get some information from him, and I think then McQuaid heads out, heads out, and um, more things ensue. Yeah, <laughs> McQuaid goes home at that point. <laughs> Yeah, he goes home. He Oh, it's just wait a minute. Is this the scene with the cleaning scene? Yeah, and I got to talk to you about <laughs> <Shit>. this. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So, um, yeah, so uh, uh, McQuaid goes home. He gets to his house. He walks in the room, and somebody's moved his guns and his ammo and has started cleaning his house. And then he goes in the kitchen, and there's uh, Lola, and yep. she's cleaned out his refrigerator. And thrown out his beer and put vitamins in it. Like he's got fresh vegetables in the fridge and vitamins on the top. So, Daniel, this is my question. Have you ever had a crazy girlfriend? Yes. Because she's given off serious crazy girlfriend vibes here. Like, she's been yeah, in... She, uh, oof. Man, you would have thought they'd known each other for 10 years. Yeah, she threw out his beer and bought him vitamins. Yes. Everyone, he has kissed her maybe twice at this point and has only been around with her for basically an evening. Yeah. She decides to just just kind of stroll on into his house. I guess she knows how to speak wolf, so the wolf didn't get mad. Well, she the wolf's actually in. a pretty bad uh, guard dog, if you notice. He never even barks at anybody. He growls a few times, but that's Yeah, it. well, if he is a wolf, they don't bark anyway. Yeah. They just do the growling thing. Uh, apparently, their larynx is different. Oh. Larynx or whatever is different than a dog, so they don't have the ability to bark. Well, uh, Segura. <laughs> <laughs> um and so and so she's in there and she's acting like a 1950s housewife she's like she's singing songs and shit and vacuuming and i never even like i was so i'm sorry i would have been just about as pissed off as he was she threw away beer and that, this is that what the fuck and this is where it's like serious like crazy girlfriend stuff because like he says what are you you're like one i didn't invite you in why are you in my house doing this so she gets upset and runs out to her car and starts crying and then he goes out there and apologizes it's yes. like oh this is dude. that's how they get you man yeah you're in that is this how is they gonna be a long you. ride <laughs> yes that that is how it works they're like i'm gonna do something way the fuck crazy and then and then you're gonna get really mad about it but then when i start crying you come back and apologize i got you yeah that is an i got you right there but it kind of i guess kind of works out for mcquaid because they end up making up then they fucking make out in the mud 
which does... <laughs> okay, you're from Texas, right? Yes. Does that look comfortable to you, like to roll around in Texas mud in the middle of the summer? Or... No, we actually would um, because we played in our backyard so much we could not grow the grass in our backyard. The gr- it was just dirt. But it's so humid in San Antonio that it doesn't get real dusty. It's just oh. it was just a lot of dirt. And so in the summer, we used to water up the backyard, and we would do, like, mud slide. So we couldn't afford the slip and slide bullshit, you know, slip and slide, and it was like a little gator, and you mm-hmm. go, and there's water. We couldn't afford that. So we just would make mud in the back and slide, <laughs> slide on that shit, which was so much fun, and then play a mud fight, like mud fight, mud battles yeah. with some water balloons. It was a great time. But making out in mud... No thanks. I'm good. I don't. I don't need mud up my shit. My my butthole's dirty <laughs> enough. I don't need to like be adding elements of other things in there. It's like I already got mud butt. I don't need <laughs> muddy dirt butt. So yeah, I I totally didn't get that. And then they're like wetting the wolf, and the wolf is like, "Hey, what the fuck? I'm not yeah. even. <laughs> I'm not even messing with y'all. Leave me alone." And and I guess this is eventually this is the show as they're connecting, but. It is cringy at this point. Like that is probably one of the most cringiest parts yeah, in this whole I, I, movie. I think there's a reason why not a lot of Chuck Norris movies have love scenes in them. Oh gosh, it is really weird. And then, so then after all of that, after all of that, Chuck is like, "All right, I'm going to go visit this Falcone guy. I've I'm drained. I've yeah, I've, <laughs> I'm satisfied now. I've had my mud bath. I've had my mud bath." He runs into the guy that – by the way, Falcone is at the equestrian center area. And so he runs into this guy that's guarding the door. And maybe one of the funniest fight scenes in the whole movie, the guy is like, "Um, this is only invites only. And he goes, you don't have any credentials or something like that. And then Chuck shows him his badge. These are my credentials. And the guy holds him back. Is like, no. And there's like Power Ranger swooping noises. It's like the most <laughs> kung fu shit. And he beats the fuck out of this guy in the middle of public in the middle of the day. Like everyone's in like eating barbecue and shit. The horse races or whatever. And he's like fucking throwing this guy against the rails and he beats the shit out of him. And he walks into this uh, Falcon's area. And at first I thought, man, this guy was guarding an arcade. There's like yeah. pin- pinball machines and all these noises. But no... We find out that this Falcone guy, who is, uh, he is a, a, like I said, he's a a little person, and he's in a wheelchair, and he's all strapped in, and he loves games. He has games everywhere, and he's a big old baller, right? Yeah. (laughs) And you're right, he does, he does kind of have like a Batman or James Bond villain vibe to him. He's, it's almost like he's from a different movie. Yeah, (laughs) he hams it up, like big time. This guy hams the shit out of every scene he's in. He fucking hams it. Yep. You could like, it's like honey ham. This guy <laughs> is so good, but you can't get enough of him at the same time. He seems like he is so, like he thinks he is untouchable and he just does. He has, he's playing games while McQuaid is trying to speak about very serious things. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. And guess what what else does he have? What what else does he have, Robbie, that really surprised me as a first time watcher? Oh, do you do you mean the James Bond shit with the the rotating wall that he yeah. disappears by? <laughs> this guy d- disappears in the middle of their conversation, disappears behind a fucking wall, and then is on an intercom and he tells Chuck, Hey, well, 
you might want to go check on your boys out you know out there because you know from what i've heard they're going to be they're looking for snow and they're going to kill his ass so then that's what ends up killing that conversation and chuck goes out to the place ah, we're getting close to to ah, losing our good old lq jones yeah damn it mm. because they are playing some cards and they're going back and forth and we find out LQ Jones is a big old cheater when it comes to cards, by the way. Don't play poker with LQ. This motherfucker will check out your cards and screw you over. He's going to he's gonna know what your river card is. And <laughs> so and they're, they're doing this and that. These guys come in. And, the and reason, luckily, KO's out, out of the room, at least. Yeah. The reason LQ is able to cheat is because KO has walked, I don't know, 12 feet away to go get a beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the kitchen. I mean, like, in one shot, you can see him standing in the kitchen. It's like 12 feet away. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm like, and he's like talking. He's like, you ain't going to say nothing, Snow. Shut the fuck up, Snow. I'm like, he can probably hear you. He's right there. (laughs) That I guess not. And uh, this is probably what, this is one of the more violent scenes because they come in. It's very intimate, I guess, uh, in violence because they come in, they shoot, they get they get LQ, I think, like, maybe in the shoulder or the back. But he's able to get a shot off of somebody and kill him. And they they barge in. And then Carradine comes in. Uh, and he just puts his... He does that, that old school fucking boot on the neck and just breaks LQ's neck. There we go. By Dakota. And this is, again, the thing, one of those things that doesn't make sense. Like I said... KO is about 12 feet away. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's he doing during all of this? Yeah, he must have freaked the hell. I'm like, wait, aren't you a state trooper? Like, why yeah. would you duck? Like, I mean, I would duck, but like kind of look in the room. Like, obviously someone might be coming in. Yeah, it's not like the other guys like rushed in and rushed out. They're like, they're walking in. David Garrity puts his foot on the guy on LQ's neck. And it's like, it, he had time to do something. Oh yeah, no, he definitely had a time to at least either sh- either shoot Carradine or come out with a gun. Yeah. If he wanted to be by the law and tell them like, "Hey, everyone drop your weapons." But that is not how it goes. They come in, they kill they kill Dakota, they kill Snow, who was gagged and tied up to the chair by the way. It's not like he was playing cards with them. They kill him and they just walk on out. And then McQuaid comes through, and Ko is there on the couch, and he is sulking, and he's like distraught. And and McQuaid does his best to comfort him by, I think he maybe touches his shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't they're do there. much. They're there. <laughs> they're there, young boy. They treat Ko like he's twenty-one years old. I think he's already in his, he's probably my age, like in his thirties. <laughs> yeah. But everyone else in the movie is like fucking forty-five and up. So <laughs> Ko looks like a kid. And this whole damn movie. And, yeah, it's rough. I, I did not like seeing Dakota go. I thought he was going to go on to the bitter end, man. Yeah. I, if he was going to die, I thought he was going to die, like... In a blaze you know, of glory. Yeah, like around the end. Yeah. Fucking dies holding on to snow, who's yeah. kind of useless. Well, well, you know, you expect him to go out with, like, an Uzi in each hand and a, and a knife in his teeth, you know, or something like that. Yeah, man. Uh, we get this waste scene that... McQuaid's in trouble because they found out about the whole thing with Snow since he got killed, and the Fed the Feds give him an indictment, a federal indictment for interfering with their investigation and for harboring a witness, and because the witness got killed, 
So basically, they put him on leave until further notice. I think the the chief says something like, "You're on um, like forced vacation or something yeah. like that." I'm like, "It's just called leave, man." Yeah. Uh, and so he's in trouble. He comes home sad and pissed off because of everything that's gone on, and he lost a good friend in LQ and or Dakota, and he goes into his house. Holy shit, his house is clean as shit. They never showed them cleaning it, but now the house, I didn't even know we had a bed right there. Like, I was like, holy <laughs> shit. And we see uh, Lola, and she is looking muy caliente. Ay, ay, ay. She's, <laughs> yeah. She is on the bed. And I still, at this point, Robbie, I'm still thinking she's in on this. She knows. Like, I just can't. I can't, I'm not thinking of her as a good guy. Right. I'm just not. <clears throat> so confused. <clears throat> he comes in and she's like flirting. You know, she's like, oh, what's wrong? And he's being stoic and stone cold. And he doesn't want to talk about it. And she's like, it's okay. And then they make love. And I'm like, yeah. this. she's got to be there to be disarming him is what I'm right. thinking at first. Yeah, but I mean, he doesn't trust her. He'll still have sex with her, but you know, it's, you know <laughs> w- w- one doesn't preclude the other. It's, I guess you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Maybe that is his way. Maybe this is he is comfortable with that. And after all that, it's nighttime, and this is maybe the this. As much as I love this movie, it does break a capital sin for me. What's that? Which is killing a killing an animal oh yeah i'm not a i i'm not like a hardcore like animal i mean obviously i care about animals i have an animal activist in a way but i I, and i know it's a movie but god it just bothers me when i see and it worked for john wick like that movie that whole franchise has been pushed by seeing a puppy get killed and and it's, it's similar in this one where when they these guys come in at night they're they're all stealth they see the wolf and they just fucking kill him with this, like with a silencer. Yeah. And I was like, oh man. Well, that's a, I was just talking about this on the the Grindbin Discord uh, yesterday, the day before, in John Wick. You know, if you kill a puppy, anything that happens to you now is justified. You know, oh that, yeah. That anything that that McQuaid does to him from here on out is justified. They killed a dog. You know, they're bad people. And it's to the point where I didn't forget the hench. Like, this is just some actor in sunglasses. Yeah. I didn't forget his face. I saw it. When I was waiting for him to get killed the whole fucking movie. Um, I'm not sure if he gets killed. <laughs> I think he does. <laughs> but I do remember seeing him, and he actually lives quite a while. He's around the end of the movie. But, yeah, that part sucked. And McQuaid comes out. They shoot at McQuaid. He dodges some shit. He grabs his bullets. He goes outside. He tries to shoot at him. And... Um, fucking uh Carradine is in the in the car he's like did you get it done he's like yeah yeah we really scared him so they were just kind of basically sending a message like hey dude stop digging or we'll fucking you know we'll get rid of everyone you love basically so they're trying to freak him out but yeah that part where I gotta say this might be the best the most emotional acting I've seen Chuck do he like punches the ground when he sees his dog gone yeah he, he's not upset when they try and murder his daughter or when she gets kidnapped, or when he, when his best friend dies, none of that. But you know, when it's his dog, he's out there on his knees, punching the ground. Like, goddamn! Like he punched this shit hard too. And like that wasn't acting. Like he's like, poof, poof, 
<laughs> I was like, oh shit. And he takes it to go get a burial. I was like, yeah, you're, you're right, man. He's pretty, he takes everything else in stride, but don't kill his wolf. I mean, come on. So, hey, hey we, uh, by the way, after this scene, we're reminded that his daughter's still in the movie because I <laughs> forgot. <laughs> It's like, oh, hey, there you are. I thought you were, I thought you were gone, but she was in the hospital this whole time. And uh, Jackson, by the way, we get a little bit more of FBI agent Jackson. He is um one of the feds that were working on the case that we had brought up earlier. But he comes over to see McQuaid, and he tells him a little something about him not being as um, submissive um, as other FBI agents, yeah. and that he follows the rules. He says it in another way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and which is kind of ironic. He mentions um, not being a token, right? But he's kind of the token of this movie in a way, <laughs> which is kind of ironic. Uh, we could have definitely used um, some more African Americans throughout this movie, not a lot, but I do like that he has some major parts of this uh, of this movie, and we we will see pretty soon. But he's he wants to go in cahoots with McQuaid because he knows McQuaid is useful. Uh, he knows he knows that uh, McQuaid already knows what's going on. So he's like, hey, man, like, let's just kind of get together. Let's get this shit done. And, yeah, they end up working together. McQuaid yeah, is he, working with the feds. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be as straight-laced as, uh, like, McQuaid's captain. When he, he's, he's a little more – he seems to respect the way McQuaid does things. Yes, and someone that, unfortunately, is not as cool as, as, the, as Jackson – I didn't even get his name, but he's the the white guy with the mustache, <laughs> and this guy is one whiny son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, the only thing I wrote down is that McQuaid calls him a candy ass at one point. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is like your he he's the he's a tool is I think what he people is a would tool. say, <laughs> and he is basically useless, and he keeps bitching about the whole the whole plan because um, there's a part where. McQuaid and Jackson go they take they go on an airplane to see if maybe they can find some kind of facility or something where these people are are keeping all these ammo and all these guns and they're going through it's like a needle in a haystack but they happen to find one of course and it is really it does kind of stick out because it's in the middle of fucking nowhere is this huge fucking facility so they're like all right we'll go and we'll set up a plan and we'll go out there so so to not catch attention they go in there uh, like uh, we have mcquade in his big old bronco ford bronco and then the fbi's in their vehicle they get stuck for a second <laughs> and mcquade uh, basically uh, runs into the back end of their vehicle to push it out of a, a little hole because they're just having to go off road it's pretty rough Basically, McQuaid's truck needs its own mustache. It does. His truck is unstoppable. Yeah, that's for, it is. It's unstoppable. It should honestly have a character line in it. Like it is like a character in this movie because eventually they get to the spot. They they get there. We see a big old airplane come in, and that's enough for the FBI. They're like, okay, there's definitely gun smuggling going on here let's go ahead and do something and mcquade is like no 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 no, no. we need to stay low these guys are dangerous but the damn mustache whiny guy this guy is just does not pay homage to mustaches he makes mustaches look bad he gets up he gets on his megaphone he has a couple of other fbi agents with him he t says in the megaphone toward the airplane where everyone's loading up the guns he's like this is the fbi 
You are under arrest for blood. If they, they don't have any time to say shit. These guys right away <laughs> take out their guns and just start shooting at them and kill their asses. Yeah, he's got like four agents, and they're they're trying to arrest fifty guys who are smuggling guns. You know, you've got fifty heavily armed guys. You you got four agents with you, and it's like stop. You're under arrest. <laughs> oh man! And there's a huge gunfight that ensues. That scene was so satisfying. Like, seeing that dude... I know it screwed over McQuaid, but that whole scene was so good. To just see that guy just get blown up. I was like, oh, they're definitely making this guy look like a piece of shit because he's going to die very soon. So good. And so then Carradine comes down. There's a big old gunfight. Carradine comes down in his helicopter, and he starts beating the shit out of McQuaid. And this is why I'm so conflicted, because then Lola's there... So she right. knows Carradine does fucked up shit. At first I thought, oh, maybe she doesn't know Carradine is doing this whole gun smuggling thing. But no, she is very aware that there is this whole thing going on. And she never mentions it to McQuaid. How much did you love him if you're not going to let him know? Hey, by the way, you know that guy that, um, you know, that guy, the, the red gee? Yeah, he's in a gun smuggling and uh, he might have been involved with your daughter getting in the hospital. Like, she never mentioned it at all. What were they talking about? I guess they don't talk. They just fuck. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. She She's too busy cleaning. <laughs> I was just like, that is probably the one thing that irks me about this movie is she just gets away because he never falters on her. He yeah. just constantly still loves her and wants to be with her. And I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. I would have been like, yo, 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 girl, hold on. Thanks for cleaning my house, but also, why did you tell me Carity was in all this fucking rowdy-ass shit? You would have saved me some time. She knew where the location was, probably. Well, maybe, you know, go back to the thing. She's already proved that maybe she's a little unstable. You know, she, she has two different guys. She likes both of them. And she likes the <laughs> excitement, you know, and it's like just kind of, she, she, she's not a trustworthy girlfriend. That's... I guess so. I mean, she is at least nice enough to keep Carity from killing him. Uh, or like she starts yelling about it and they, they take her away and Carradine's like, you know what? I really want to make McQuaid pay. So I'm going to bury him and his Ford Bronco under the, like, I'm just going to bury them in the ground. Yeah. They bury McQuaid in his Bronco. With a bulldozer. It is amazing. Uh, that must've taken so long, but I guess it's worth it. This is like classic James Bond bullshit where yeah. it's like the the way to kill the guy just is slow stupid. and complicated. <laughs> yeah, slow and complicated. And I love it because one of my favorite things is we realize that Pearl Beer is basically his spinach for like like the way it is for Popeye. <laughs> yeah. He's in the he's fucked up. I mean, they beat the shit out of him. And he grabs a pearl beer. It's probably hot as fuck. It's not. It is definitely not a cold pearl. Yeah, it def- pulls a warm one out of the center console. <laughs> yep. It's like oof. He drinks that shit. He gets just enough energy because, by the way, y'all, his Ford Bronco has like a super airflow like turbo engine. Like I don't know. I guess he has <laughs> yeah. some extra shit in there. And it- he flips that shit on. And what happens, Robbie? He comes fl- that truck comes flying up out of the ground like Rey Mysterio before a match. This <laughs> <laughs> is amazing, dude. Oh, it comes out of the ground and it just somehow and this is in the middle of KO actually like he's I think he might be hit but he's 
alive. Yeah, he's in a gunfight when this. Yeah, is he's in a gunfight when all this is happening, and he comes out of the ground. He he hits a couple of guys. He gets rid of them, and then him and Ko are just hanging out outside the Bronco. And Jackson just comes out of nowhere. Is like, hey, what's up, y'all? I got shot. Um, sorry for being so late to the party. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson just don't do shit. And um, and uh, so right McQuaid away, gives McQuaid gives uh, Jackson a beer. <laughs> oh yeah, he does. And they just all have a beer just outside the Bronco. Like, whoa, that was crazy. You were buried, bro. <laughs> now McQuaid's daughter is missing. Dun, dun, dun. Somehow they got his daughter. <sighs> Damn it. And uh, we get a little more Falcone, thankfully. Falcone arrives at Carradine, uh, not at Carradine's, um, at McQuaid's uh, ex-wife's house in a very fancy town car because he's very rich. And he tells them, look, I'll let you know where your daughter is. But you gotta, you gotta protect my my certain assets that I have with that are involved with Carradine because he's pissed off at Carradine. I don't know if Carradine went AWOL on him or just wasn't listening to him anymore. Yeah, they're both in the gun business. So I get the feeling there's some sort of competition or double cross or something going on. I think he sees Carradine as a wild card, maybe. Because yeah, because this guy kind of goes a little bit off the rails he's killing other dudes and just taking money and keeping the guns and shit like that kidnapping texas rangers daughters and yes that's pretty dangerous shit that's gonna get the cops to sniffing all over your fucking shit then next thing you know you get caught so falcon's piss so he sets up this plan to help mcquade and in order for mcquade he's hoping mcquade helps him out and apparently carradine is out in mexico that's they have like a whole setup out there in mexico the daughter's doing great, right? In the scene, <laughs> she, she looks like she's on an Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> she's having a damn good time. Um, and, Four stars. Yeah, and it takes a it takes a little bit to get there. Um, so we have we have McQuaid, and we have uh, Jackson. Well, actually, McQuaid decides to go alone. Kale's yeah. like, "Hey, let me go with you." And he's like, no, this ain't your fight. My daughter's out there in Mexico. I'm going to save her. You just stay here and be safe. And McQuaid heads out. But then when McQuaid gets to Mexico, there's a really weird scene. And kind of like your scene with the, the lady at the sweatshop who's just staring at the camera. I seriously thought these, these Mexican women just thought that it was Chuck Norris and they start giving him flowers and shit. Because they're just <laughs> yeah. putting flowers on the hood of his Bronco. I was like, do they know he's... This is a movie. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> and he goes into a bar that's right there in Mexico, and we see uh, the federal agent Jackson. Yeah, he's like, "You didn't think I was gonna let you do this alone, man? Like, come on, I got guns and all kinds of shit." He Jackson brought all kinds of good shit. Yeah, he he's ready. Damn, he brought a goddamn crossbow. <laughs> he brought all kinds of stuff, bomb, grenades, all the good stuff. And then, of course, K.O. is able to find them. I guess there's one road that goes through Mexico. Yeah, and there's only one gringo in Mexico. So it's Yeah. Like, hey, have yeah. you seen the white guy? Have you seen a white guy with a beard? <laughs> <laughs> so he's able to find them. And that's when they all get together. They do have to go off the, you know, they have to hike their way to the facility or to the, you know, the location where they're at. And they start going over there. They split up. They have this plan that we never get to really figure out. They don't ever give us the plan. 
they just say that there's a plan. Yeah. <laughs> so they split up and they meet up at this place. That's when we see the daughter there. And guess who else is there? Uh, Chuck sees that um, Lola is there as well. And it's funny because Lola is dressed like it. It's funny because when Lola's in El Paso, she's dressed like a cowgirl. And when she's in Mexico, she's dressed in traditional Mexican oh. dress. <laughs> so depending on where she's at, she likes to really blend into the culture. And um, by the way, I don't even think that actress is Mexican. Uh, I don't think she is. But uh, she's there and she's taking care of Sally. Right. And then Chuck comes in. He's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm here to help. And I think Jackson took out a couple of guys that were guarding the place. And I, one thing I noticed, Robbie, was like, I'm sorry. If I'm uh, a soldier in Mexico or like a criminal guy in Mexico, if you're going to have me guard your facility and I have to be on the roof, give me a damn umbrella. It's hot <laughs> as hell. Yeah. I'm not messing with this shit. These guys are sweating. There's a lot of uh, – by the way, oh, this, this was, was definitely shot. Oh, this a sweaty movie. Yes, it's a very sweaty movie. Everyone is sweaty throughout this whole entire thing. And I actually wrote that in my notes right before he goes down to Mexico. Chuck Norris puts on a clean shirt, and it's pre-sweated. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, your shirts just sweat, even if they're not on you. Yeah. It's just the it's just the powerful heat that is down there. And he gets Sally and he gets he gets Lola. They're but, heading out. Oh but no, first he goes in the room where Sally is and you know and Lola's in there watching her and he makes out with Lola like two feet from his daughter. And oh, she yeah. looks so uncomfortable. That is some awkward ass shit. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, he he. They reunite, and at first I thought he was gonna confront her and be like, "Hey, you were at the the facility there, and you know you saw them killing me. Why didn't you tell me about this?" No, he just goes up and makes out with her in front of his kid. Yeah, like, oh my gosh. Like, I get she's gorgeous, but come on, man. You know, show a little bit of just hold back a notch. But no, he was he was man. She's definitely got him hooked in yeah he's got powers hey we've all been there y'all yeah, yeah both both females males we have all been hooked by the the hot passionate you know, uh, sexy person <laughs> that brainwashes us into yeah. falling in love <laughs> i'm sorry i've had a couple of beers uh I, oh by the way robbie i decided to go with beer instead of whiskey oh good choice good choice yeah you know the I've been enjoying this IPA, this Voodoo Ranger IPA. What are you drinking? Uh, I've got a, uh, I've got a bourbon. I've got a bullet bourbon. So. Oh, so you went with bourbon? Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. I got out. <laughs> my wife didn't leave me any beer. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You told me that might be a risk. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, bullet bourbon, especially bullet bourbon rye, I absolutely love. Just neat. Just drinking that. Yes. Yeah. Right up my alley. And uh, so then one of the best fight, like gunfights, battle fight, like this whole thing blows up after this. Uh, you know, Mc, uh, McQuaid is there. We got Carradine there. And we got McQuaid's guys. We got we got um, KO out there. I think KO's mostly, um, he's kind of shooting a bunch of cats. And we got Jackson out there. He's throwing grenades at everybody. It is an awesome scene, man. It's a good time. There's a, and there's also some comedy throughout <laughs> as well. Because <laughs> there's like there's some parts where like Ko, 
What is that? Do you remember that part where Kale like he he throws a grenade, but I guess oh, yeah. he drops it. No, he throws it. He didn't pull the pin out. Oh, <laughs> so then the guys start coming forward. So he throws another one. That's right. That's <laughs> right. He blows them up, and they pretty much clean out the place. They pretty much take care of all the all the bad guys that are there. But what is left is Carradine and the guy that killed the dog. Yeah. <laughs> That is pretty much... He's still wearing the same sunglasses. And we get our classic, you know, Chuck Norris final fight scene here. Kind of reminded me... I will say, y'all, a thousand times better than Silent Rage's last fight scene. Oh. Silent Rage's last fight scene is... They had to keep putting stuff in slow motion because it's just nothing happening. This movie... Fuck yeah. Yeah. Amazing. We get Carradine doing his kind of kung fu stuff and he's bending his wrists and creating animal puppet like got shadow puppet a, shapes got on his slacks his argyle v-neck sweater <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing i never seen a guy dress so like i would hate to lose to a guy wearing a v-neck sweater <laughs> yeah. i'd be embarrassed <laughs> And Chuck looks like a Street Fighter guy. Like right. he just looks like he's ready to take someone down. And like I said earlier, uh, the directors the director said these guys were actually hitting the shit out of each other. And eventually Chuck throws like he does kind of a roundhouse kick or something like that and he's able to knock Carradine to, to the ground. By the way, just before this they did a chicken scene. There was like a where Carradine is in a I guess some sort of like military yeah an armored troop vehicle. carrier there you go and you know just to keep up with the blue collar feel of, of of Chuck he is just in a construction uh what do you call it a bulldozer bulldozer and they go at each other and the bulldozer wins baby because it is on tracks it's got no wheels <laughs> he's able to just push the shit out of Carradine's car or a vehicle he knocks him out, and that's when that fight ensues. I really like that they threw that in there for no reason. Yeah. Well, it's also the classic action movie thing of, like, you know, he, he pushes Carradine back in the in the truck, and the building collapses on him. And then, you know, like, Chuck walks away, like, oh, yeah, it's over. And, you know, then, then Carradine emerges for for, for the, the mano a mano fight. Yeah, man. And uh, eventually he knocks out Carradine. Then... Um, then basically the guy that killed the dog comes up and he ends up giving Carradine a, a gun. Yeah. And Carradine does the classic mistake that you should never do. He yells out McQuaid. He should have announced himself yeah. like a dumbass, but he does. And um, and then I think, was it, is it KO or Jackson? Or is, what happens after that? He's able to get to stop him. I'm trying to think of what he does. So, uh, Carradine uh, shoots at, you know, yells McQuaid, shoots at him, and oh, Lola right. jumps in the way. That is right. I forgot she jumps in the She sacrifices herself. Yeah, and, and then tells her that, tells McQuaid that she had no choice. Yes. Know, that, that he had murdered her husband. That's right. That's when we find out all this, ex this last-minute exposition that she was um, basically having to work with him. Because she, he killed her husband, and he made her be with him. 
forced her to be with him. Then Jackson once again walks into the scene after resting for like 20 minutes because he got shot in the exact same spot, by the way, that he got shot. Yeah, he did. He got like the same bullet hole in his... <laughs> he, uh, he calls out McQuaid. He throws McQuaid a grenade. And then McQuaid throws it straight toward Carradine because Carradine comes because Carradine's kind of hurt because he actually did have feelings for for Lola. Yeah, and so he that kind of freaks him out. So he goes into this this little building that this seems to be hideout. full of gasoline. Uh, yeah, I guess it's <laughs> fucking completely filled with fuel and <laughs> explosives. Yeah, and he comes back out to shoot at McQuaid, but McQuaid throws that grenade that Jackson gave him and just blows the whole shit up. It's yeah. huge. It's probably the, one of the bigger explosions in the movie. Blows Carradine to smithereens, and hopefully the guy that killed the dog. Yeah. Hey, do you know why that? Why they did it that way? Why, why they didn't have Chuck just beat his ass? Why? Because it was in David Carradine's contract that he couldn't be beat in hand-to-hand combat. So that's why he had to blow him up at the end, and he couldn't just beat him. Oh, my God. <laughs> of course. Of course. This guy that weighs 120 pounds <laughs> can't be beaten. Yeah. And uh, so that's why they had to have the thing where he blew him up at the end. Yeah, he, he can't be beaten unless there's a rope involved. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. So, um, we made it as this a- far. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I'm hoping most people stop listening at this point. So then, as in a lot of Chuck Norris movies, a helicopter comes down at the end, and it's Falcone. And Falcone comes out. He's pissed. He's like, holy shit, you destroyed all my shit. Like, these are all my weapons, man. I was planning on selling these. We had a deal, McQuaid. And I think McQuaid tells him, like, I didn't have a deal with you. You had a deal with me. Fuck you. And he is pissed off as the as the plane takes off and is leaving Falcone. Because uh, they use Fal- uh, they use Falcone's pilot to they basically keep him hostage to go, and it's really funny because Falcone is in this that little wheelchair, yeah, and his feet are strapped in, and he's yelling McQuaid so loud that his little legs are shaking every time. <laughs> he's like McQuaid, <laughs> his little, little legs is like oh, it's so fun. You can't leave me, McQuaid, McQuaid, wait, McQuaid. I shouldn't laugh at that. I know, but it's good times. It's funny. And so then uh, Falcone is there stuck in Mexico with all this shit blown up. And he's with his his like right-hand man who's useless because I think he already got his ass kicked earlier. Um, he was like the guy. I don't know. McQuaid beat his ass at some point. And so they're there stuck in Mexico. Then we see McQuaid and Johnson talking to the press. And then, of course, that chief comes out to fucking steal the light, the, 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 the spotlight. Yeah classic that is this you know that he that guy's a that guy's also a fucking tool this whole damn movie yeah. but he plays it very well and, and a, then go ahead oh, it's just he's a good actor i like the guy who plays the captain he's in a lot of other rg armstrong he's in a lot of other stuff but uh yeah he's a tool in this oh yeah he plays this this captain tyler so well and then after that i think you even hear mcquade sandra's breath like Something like he's like, whatever, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Are you full of shit? Yeah. And then McQuaid leaves and he's with his ex wife and his daughter. And he's going to help his. There, uh, we find out sometime in the movie that his um, ex wife and daughter are leaving um, yeah. El Paso. They're going to Las Cruces, New Mexico. Yeah, Las Cruces. And 
there's a, I really like that that city, and he's supposed to help them move, I think, or something like that. But then Ko comes through, and he's like, "Yo, we got a ten thirty one in progress at the bank. They have hostages. We need you. We need your and, ranger. <laughs> yeah, we need your ranger. Drink, take a shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and." <laughs> and he's looking at his ex-wife. Then he's looking at Ko. Then he's looking at his daughter. Then he's looking at Ko. And eventually he decides, I gotta go fight some crime, motherfuckers. And he kisses his wife and his his ex-wife and his daughter goodbye. And she's yelling at him. His, his ex-wife is like, God damn it, you son of a bitch! You've done this to a million times. But then she's like, I love him though. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the way the movie ends. I mean, man. It's a it's a really smooth ride, even though it's kind of confusing. Yeah, it, it 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 doesn't make a lot of sense if you think about it, but it is a fun action movie, and you know there there's lots of fights, lots of action, uh, a lot of playing to what Chuck Norris is good at. Oh, you know, yeah, they they've got a they've got a lot of other actors around him, like LQ Jones and uh, the guy who's playing Snow and and Robert Beltran. And like, so these guys are acting and, you know, you can just have Norris kind of be Norris in there. Yeah. Just, and I think that was a great idea, you know, to basically keep him in his comfort zone, keep him, keep him doing what he's good at work in plenty of fight scenes. Yeah. So, well, before we even get to that, before we start talking about that, I just want to really quick, Robbie, I just want to do a, a quick impression. Go ahead. <clears throat> Oh, by the way, this is a segment we call Quick Impression. Y'all know that. <laughs> Quick Impressions. So, the lone wolf pays us a visit. As you can see, mine's bigger. Mine's loaded. So, the lone wolf pays us a visit. As you can see, mine is bigger. Mine is loaded. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. I really like that. That's how we're introduced to Falco. <laughs> he he turns around in his little it is it is a fucking little wheelchair and he has a a golden gun, by yeah. the way, which made me think of James Bond as well. Oh yeah. man. Man, my favorite character. But yes, I, I thought they did a great job of finding the right people to keep to sort of keep to keep the action going, to keep the story going, to keep it kind of fun, because that is something you can lose very quickly with Chuck Norris is the fun part. Right. Because he's not really like fun. <laughs> yeah, he's he's he got he stays in his lane a lot. And Yeah. He and really need, does. You need some people around him that are animated and and so th- this movie's good at that. What did you think of um Ko's character? You know, I, uh, he is the he is the action movie sidekick. You know, the, the, that you see in, it's a stereotype where you have like the young guy who's by the book, and he gets introduced to the older grizzled, you know, lawman who shows him the ropes. Uh, yeah. and, you know, kind of like Training Day in a way. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it really is like that. And by the way, when we're first introduced to Ko, and we had mentioned that he tried really hard to like be able to get McQuaid to work with him. There is a scene where after he gets kicked out of McQuaid's place, he's just ca- kind of just scoping out McQuaid 
with some binoculars from a distance and McQuaid is um McQuaid has like this full firing range just outside his place and he's he's shirtless and he's kind of sweaty and he's like shooting all the targets and KO has his binoculars he's like whoa I was yeah. like is KO going to touch himself <laughs> I was like, wow, this might go a different direction. But no, I really like the addition of KO. I thought he added a little bit more like energy and the youthfulness of it all. Because, you know, he's he's this, like you said, he's a young cat just trying to figure things out. And as the movie progresses, yeah, he slowly kind of meets, he meets McQuaid halfway. He's like, okay, I see you. He's like, sometimes you got to kind of bend things a little bit to get shit done around here. And about halfway through the movie, he managed to, he manages to kick someone's ass instead of just getting his ass kicked the whole time. And that is right. He does beat up this the the um, the second um, African American in the movie. He's, <laughs> he's able to get a win on that one. Uh, <laughs> so it is it is amazing that this this movie is. It's just amazing that this movie got by me, man. Like I'm so bummed that um, I hadn't seen it sooner. But this is one I'm definitely going to actually purchase before we even get to all that. Let's go and get into our ratings uh, segment. And as you all know, I rate my movies by my favorite mustaches. We got the full Fu Manchu recommendation. We got the walrus mustache recommendation, which is pretty damn good. And we got the uh, horseshoe mustache, which is eh, not bad. And then we have the Hitler mustache, which is burn this movie in hell. Robbie, what would you give this movie? You know, I feel kind of guilty because every time I recommend a movie, it's always something I like. So again, this full Fu Manchu for me. <laughs> Hey, I honestly really enjoy. I I think a lot of podcasts try to uh, movie podcasts try to bask in bad movies, like you know, and and it is it can be entertaining, but I really like watching a a really good movie that maybe to some people isn't as good. Like I don't know how to explain it, and I you know for those of y'all that. Our affiliate that know the grind bin, we bring them on, bring them up all the time. They cover a lot of movies that I think to some people maybe they're not good movies, but to me, I love them. Yeah, you can have a low budget exploitation movie that's entertaining, it doesn't Hell just yeah. And that's you know, that this you know, this is a karate movie, but it's an entertaining one. Yeah, it's a karate western movie, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I think they do a damn good job. I give this a full Fu Manchu recommendation. Because I had a damn good time with it. I plan to revisit it. And I plan to show like more people if they've never seen it before. Because it is a it is a ride. And it is a really... it is. I've seen a lot of Chuck Norris. Especially since I started this show. And it is my favorite Chuck Norris movie. So all right. Far. Yeah, man. This is all you. Uh, <laughs> so do you... Uh, Makes do you me have feel anything? special. <laughs> so, what'd you say? It Makes me feel special. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do you have any uh plugs for the show robbie are you going to be a uh, feature or, or have you been featured in anything else that uh, people can check out you know the last thing i was on was um a couple of the patron of the uh uh mini bins for the grind bin for the santo gold and for the power team uh but you know those are both behind the paywall the next thing i have scheduled coming up is actually got one with you next month so uh not oh, a lot nice. to promote <laughs> so you'll get to hear them in another month, but yes, uh, and I have shouted that out. I think um, uh, y'all probably have already heard Mike. I'm pretty. Sure, I'm trying to think of my schedule, but Mike is um, was featured in a past episode, and he did talk about the Patreon. 
check out the Grindbins Patreon. There is so much stuff on there, so many good movies and TV shows that you've never ever heard of, probably. And one of those, um, and also infomercials, and you get to check yeah. out Santo Gold. Which we can't even begin to explain because this would be another hour long. Yeah, there's no way to explain that. <laughs> oh my god. But if you want to check it out and you want to check out Robbie, go to the Patreon for the Grindbin and sign up. It is not a whole bunch of money. It is nothing. Y'all spend more money on your goddamn coffees every single morning. Yep. So yeah, definitely check that out. And for the uh, for the uh, for the Mustachio Podcastio, you can check out um, what's coming up on Instagram at Mustachio Podcastio. You can also go into Twitter. Just I just throw random shit on there at M Podcastio, and also leave us a, a rate and review. You know, if five stars, hell yeah. Anything below that, just shoot me a message. We we can talk about it. You can also email me if you have any suggestions. Like Robbie had a great suggestion for this, and he was on the show. You're welcome to leave a suggestion and even be on the show if you'd like to as well. And you can email me at mustachiopodcastio at gmail.com and yeah man Robbie thanks so much for being on the show again man it's my pleasure hell yeah we will check y'all next time bye 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 <laughs>